Thank you for joining us um, on this Q&A Sunday. Yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah. It's going to yeah. be powerful, so, I will say. Uh, the first experience, powerful. Yes. And the questions are going to be different each experience. So we've told people, like, you can come back. Yeah. You know, we'll do what we got to do. Yeah. Um, what I will say is note takers are history makers. Yes. So I even got my journal up here. Um, mm. We've got to take notes in church. There's a reason for it. Because yes. when you do, right, the test comes and you'll be able to pass it. Because you're going to be like, ooh, pastor shared this word and yeah. it was from the Lord. Let me go back and figure out what he said because it's going to answer the season that I'm currently in. That's so let's great. let's really press in today. Mm -hmm. Open your minds to receive what God has. Yeah. Uh, we had some great questions. I will say that after today, I am so happy to have my husband back because <laughs> he has been grinding it out all day, yeah. long hours. Mm -hmm. um, because, oh. you know, these questions have came in and from a pastoral place and us have knowing the word, like we know the answers off the top, yeah. but there's a difference with us just giving it like just very broad, yes. right? A biblical explanation. We really want to give you precise ones so yes. that you can leave and be able to share and teach others. Yes. So yes. I'm, I'm, I'm excited yeah. for today, baby, but mm -hmm. I'm ready to have you back. That's so good. <laughs> well, yeah, let's get past this and the next experience and I'm home. Um, <laughs> But I've been holding it down, you know. That's great. You have. Come on now. You've been, you've been doing your thing around the house, and so <laughs> grateful for it. Um, so good. we're going to have a few rapid-fire yes. questions, and then I have three main questions uh, that we're going to dive deeper into. Every experience has a hot topic question, mm -hmm. which is going to take a chunk of the time. Um, and yeah. so, yeah, I, I only ask that you would open up your heart and open up your mind. And um, let's receive, Let, let's, let's be taught today. And I'm not the one teaching. It's the Holy Spirit through me yeah. teaching. Good. I've done my job at praying and getting out of the way throughout the week. So I just want God to speak. Yeah. Most importantly, today, every answer will be biblical. Someone say biblical. Biblical. And that simply means, and we're going to have the definition here. Biblical means what God thinks and has spoken on the matter. Yeah. What God thinks and has spoken on the matter, it'll show up eventually. That's good. Um, and so that's what's going to be important today. And um, But we're going to start rapid fire. The questions won't pop up on the screen. So, yeah. you know, for rapid fire, but we're, we're, I have that's to answer these in under 30 seconds. Yes, so you let's do. get it started. So yeah. I was able to quit, um, pick the rapid fire yeah. questions. So yeah. you can yeah. thank me later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we, we got a lot of questions. Yeah. Um, so questions. It's, it's, it's good. So let's, let's go here, babe. You mm -hmm. ready? Yeah. All right. How do you think music and culture are affecting our kids? Um, I'll just say this. Um, we screen everything in our family. Yes. Everything. Um, the music, the movies, everything. Yes. And so I just think it's wisdom. I think there's a, a proper age for kids to be exposed to certain things. Mm -hmm. And right now, culture is going crazy. And so can we see Lightyear? No. Right. Can we go to this? Can we see uh, Doctor Strange? No. no. Um, can we see? No. We screen everything because you're not ready for it. Right. One day you will be. And so. Um, so we're going back to the old things. Finding Nemo. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Finding right? Nemo yesterday. We're yeah. going back to like. Finding Nemo. You know, right. The original Beauty and the Beast. Let's, yeah. let's take it back. Yeah. <laughs> Go back to the classic stuff. The stuff we was raised on. Yes. Right. And so, yeah, me and Judah, we laugh. We cracked up a lot. Finding Nemo in this one part. It is an inside joke. It is wonderful. 
Coney boy. It's just it's the best. You probably know what I'm talking about. Oh boy. You also frying and serving okay. with chips right now. Yeah. Pony boy. Pony boy. All right, we're here. <laughs> Where's you? Welcome. I need you to. Welcome anyway. to church, you guys. Yes, yes, yes. Let's have fun today. But it's wonderful. So yes. okay, um, screen everything. It is yes. affecting. Um, I was raised watching and listening to everything. <laughs> it affected my life yes. before I met Christ. Yeah. It, it, music had me thinking a certain way about women and mm -hmm. how to be successful, and it drove my soul. And right. So screen it and uh, it's not wrong with being safe right yeah. it's so true you know because yeah. like you know my mom growing up she'd always say change that change that music turn yeah. it off but you know we don't be listening yeah. so at 12 years old i'm like drop it like it's hot <laughs> it's <laughs> not <laughs> hot Okay. But that's why you don't know any better. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, what we do really practically yeah. in the house, like we've found a lot of good like Christian music that yeah. our kids like this this kind of be riding, be you know. Bumping. But so we bump that a yeah. lot in the car, mm. right? Um also worship and then yeah, you know just clean there. Yeah, just clean yeah. stuff. So it, it's not like we're putting them in this bubble, mm. but we also just have daily conversations. Mm. I mean, our kids are teenager right now, he's in a proverb a day. And yes. so that alone is speaking to him in like friendships and what's entertained what not to entertain yeah. and you know he has his own playlist of like all these christian mm -hmm. hip-hop artists that he listens to and he practices too so mm -hmm. and and then he knows at any given point your phone goes here and i'm gonna do what i need to do because yeah. we're we're called to protect right now their that is what scripture says hearts. that parents are called to do to. it's all throughout proverbs to protect your children mm -hmm. and so you know, we got to really lean into that protection yeah. portion as a parent, and they don't decide. No, they're under the, your roof. Let me remind you: you pay the bills. <laughs> you pay the bills. They don't decide. And put it this way: they don't have the capacity to make those kind of decisions yet. No. And the world is lying to us to make us think that the kids do. Now, yeah. there is a way to be able to have healthy conversations, letting letting them make their own, you know, decisions in a biblical way. But you got to yeah. talk that stuff out. So, you yeah. know, we screen everything, every movie. It's, yeah. I mean, everything, every show, you know. Mm -hmm. Jay's been watching a lot of Blackish, and we told him, bruh, yeah. we got to put the Blackish down. Yeah. I'm sorry, because you're just being a little condescending. I yeah. just don't like it, you know. And yeah. so it's, but we have to. We have to have those real conversations. So yep. I hope that helps. Yep. Okay, rapid fire two. Ready? Yeah. What does the Bible or God say about friendships being separated? Um, uh, scripture says that don't be... Um, what does it say? Don't be misled. Yeah. Bad character corrupts. Good. Good character. Something mm -hmm. like that. Good I'm company. It right now. Yeah. But I'll sum it up. I'll sum it up because it is rapid fire. I studied for the other stuff, not this. So, <laughs> simply put, this is this is the principle. If they're not coming up where you are and they're bringing you down, you need to evaluate that. Yes. If, so. Just if you want to follow God, if you want to grow, they don't want to. Yeah. God is okay with you creating a distance for a season. You're going to, listen, initially when you get serious about your relationship with God, you're going to lose a lot of friends. Just yeah. telling you right now. Yep. But he never plans to take you away from a group without setting you in a healthier group. Come on. Okay? Come on. That's good. So that's just something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And eventually that old group will want to do what. You're doing and all that. So if they're they, not coming they're going to be DMing, asking, "How did you do How'd it? How did you do it? I promise What's you. What's going on with your life? Yeah, I'm yeah. stressed. I'm anxiety. You know, yeah, I'm suicidal. What, what What are you doing? That'll come right. years later. But just if they're not coming up, you gotta let them go. Yeah. Okay. And Number proverb three. a day, really. If you take proverbs, yeah. it's th it's thirty one for a reason. If you mm -hmm. do a proverb a day, I'm telling you, like a lot of these questions that you ask, God will answer that because yes. He talks about fools all throughout. 
Proverbs, okay? All right, so who gave Athanasius the authority to close out the New Testament canon? Um, Jesus put him there. Um, God put him there through what is called papal selection. Um, Athanasius was the pope, and so the people wanted him. Rome wanted him, and so you can see the hand of God in that. He became the head under shepherd, under Christ of the church, and so he wrote this his 39th festal letter to the church across the world, and he said these are the New Testament books, and the Council of Hippo and mm-hmm. Carthage um, confirmed that, and that's how we got our Bible. So um, people, the empire, you can see the hand of God. Athanasius makes the decision because yeah. he's the leader. That's good. All right, cool. So let's get into it. Um, first question. Yes. <clears throat> All right. So remember, we're going back to what the Bible says about this, yes. right? And so it's not personal opinion. Yeah. Um, so let's go here. Great. Question number one, should we ever consult the Torah? Should we ever consult the Torah? All right. So if you're taking notes, the word Torah means teaching. And the Torah or the Torah is composed of the first five books of the Bible. Another nickname is the law. Mm-hmm. The law. So from Genesis to Deuteronomy, um, anyone who ascribes to the Jewish faith or Judaism, um, this is the central document of their faith, um, as well as, you know, the prophets and so on and so forth. But um, the Torah is the revelation of God given to a man named Moses. And so Moses wrote all of these five books. And this is what I want to say uh, with regards to should we consult. The laws and the principles of God are good. And so God gave them the law to set the Jewish people apart as his people. Right. Because around 1400 B.C., if not further back, um, 1800 B.C. with Abraham, God was beginning to bring the process of bringing Christ into the world, the savior of the world. So in order to do that, he had to set a people apart to be unlike the world, a holy people who were following his laws and his principles. And so none of us could fulfill the law. So in there, he had a provision called the Day of Atonement, Mm -hmm. where there was a blood sacrifice for the substitution of our sin. So even within the law, there is a provision for man to be forgiven of our sin. So Jesus comes along and fulfills the Torah. And Paul says in Romans that the law is good. So simply put, the principles in the Old Testament are good, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. And so there's some key stories in there, too. You got Noah. You have Abraham. You have Rebecca, Sarah, Jacob, Mm -hmm. Joseph. So many things about their lives that parallel with yours. So it's essential that we don't ignore the Old Testament. As a matter of fact, in some seasons, the Old Testament, I like a lot more than the New Testament because there's a lot of life going on, right? And so the Bible says this. Here's your verse. Romans 15 verse 4 says, such things were written in the scriptures long ago. Correct. Talking about the Old Testament or Mm -hmm. um, pre-Christ to teach us, right? There's Torah. And the scriptures, here it is, gives us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. So I need to read it because the same God they waited on is the same God I'm waiting on. 
And I and, and it's a way to discover also how God moves, the so character good. of God, yes, and yes. and why He put Abraham through the things He put him through. It's so good mm-hmm. from Genesis to Revelation. It's all the Word of God. So we yeah. should consult the Torah. Mm-hmm. We should. Um, we don't live by the law. We live by grace. But we should look into it for certain guidances and principles. Okay. Right. Which is in our uh, Bible. Right. Yes. yes, <laughs> so, yes, yes. All right. So this is a, a hot topic question, and we're so thankful that it came in. Um, so here's a question, babe. What are your thoughts on abortion and modern feminist movement? Uh-oh. Oh, I heard that. Yeah. Well, I, the, the Bible doesn't have a lot. I'll go backwards. So um, once again, not my thoughts, but Correct. the Bible doesn't have a lot to say about the modern feminist movement. I, women are amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> wouldn't be here. <laughs> hey, mom. Love you. Um, my babies wouldn't be here. You know, so um, the, the, the world doesn't move forward without women. Right. Um, I, I agree to equal pay. Um, women ought to be celebrated, mm-hmm. honored. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do, we have to do better at making sure equality for women is across the board. And so that's what I believe. Um, women are created in the image of God. Right. And so they're deserving of honor and respect mm-hmm. and dignity. Um, that's all scriptural. Yeah. And so now we'll get into the hot, hot topic of abortion. Okay. Yeah. I think when it comes to abortion, the, the, so a lot of grace here, right? A lot of grace. Mm-hmm. I'm going to introduce a lot of truth, right? But. I want us to come away with a healthy understanding of God's heart as it pertains to life and God's heart as it pertains to the men and women who have been involved in um, an abortion situation, Mm -hmm. okay? Um, And so I think the big question here is when does life begin? So we're going to start hard, then we're going to get, it's going to end with a lot of grace, okay? Um, and so from the Bible, God's word, it says this here in Jeremiah 1.5, something I want you to think about, something we don't hear right now in the debate, all right, when it comes to when does life begin. Jeremiah 1.5 says this, watch this. He says this to the prophet, I knew you before right. I formed you in your mother's womb. So the question is, is when does life begin? I knew you before I formed you. I didn't know of you. Mm. You existed. So I knew you before I formed you. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. So God knows you and I just like he knew Jeremiah. Okay. So some key takeaways that are very clear not from me, from scripture, from yeah, God's word. Key takeaways that we need to lean into. Number one, this is what we don't hear in the world right now, but this is God's truth. Life starts before conception. So a lot of people are having paradigm shifts right now. Yes. I knew you. Right. So you and I existed in the presence of God before mom and dad even came together. Hmm. So that, that means I have no say because I don't even belong to my mom and dad. 
You don't belong now. to your mom and dad. That's they it. were used by God. Right, right. Hold on, wait, wait, right. wait, 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 right. guys, wait. I know right. we want to celebrate that. But they were used by God to bring you forth. Okay? All right? So you and I existed before we were conceived. Life starts before conception. Number two, here, this is important. God knew how and when we would be conceived. So whether we were planned or unplanned, marriage, wedlock, rape, incest. Just read an article of a woman who kept her daughter, though she was a rape victim. And this young lady has grown up and she's doing amazing things with her life. And now the man who raped her wants custody of the... And it gets weird because... The world is a broken place. Yes, right. After Adam and Eve did right. what they did, right. it got weird. Um, but God knew, right? God knew. God, number three, go ahead and write this down. Um, God gave each of us a purpose. He set us apart. That's what we see in the text. Yeah. So we existed in heaven. And at the right time, it says in Galatians 4, 4 about Jesus, at just the right time, he sent his son born of a virgin. Mm. Right? So at just the right time, God sent you into the world because you are a solution to a lot of problems Come on now. in the world. Come on now. Come on now. Come on That's fine. now. Now, this is the deal. The enemy is afraid of you. Correct. And the enemy is an abortive. Yes. Okay. Because he knows that God sent you here for a purpose. Okay. Next one. God, this is so, this is so clear. God forms us in the womb. And so the, the picture there when it comes to form is literally the hand of God mm-hmm. is forming us in the womb. And he has to sometimes work through genetic things and, and, you know, it's, we could go much deeper in that discussion, but those are the simple takeaways. David said this in Psalm 139, uh, verse uh, 13 through 15, because the question was, what are your thoughts about abortion, right? Right. Um, Okay. And so he says this here, you made all the delicate, talking about God, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Mm -hmm. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. So yeah. right now, Krizia, we have, you're, you're pregnant. How many weeks are you? 37. So God, God is, for 37 weeks, mm-hmm. has been putting the baby together. He's been doing that work. He's been watching over him, right? In utter seclusion, making sure he's doing his part. So there's the God part, then there's the human part. Right, right, right. All right, so this is what we can deduce from the Bible, right? Is that God values and forms life in the womb. God values and forms life in the womb. I want to take us to the story because when I was studying, I'm like, okay, God, where do we go from here? Because now we're going to start to turn the corner. Everyone okay? Yeah. All right. I'm also equipping you to have the conversations. All right. And 
I know some of you are probably dealing with some, some condemnation right now. And it, what it is, is it's self-condemnation. Mm-hmm. Right? God is a gracious God. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and many of us have been in this situation. Right? Many of us have been in this situation. So I want you to sense his grace and his love for you, if you have. Now, let's continue to educate, though. Okay? Luke 1, um, we're going to pick up with Mary. She's, she's about to conceive Christ. Because the question is, when does life begin, right? All right, follow me here. Luke 1, and it's funny because Luke is a physician. And in 16 years, I hadn't picked this up until Thursday when I was in my office. (laughs) This is crazy. Watch it. Okay. Luke 1, pick it up at verse 31, says this. The angel tells Mary, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great. There's his purpose. Yeah. Right? He will be called son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. And he will reign over Israel forever. And his kingdom will never end. Right now, Jesus is sitting on the right hand of God in heaven. Right? It says this here. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. Mm. Which makes her a candidate to be stoned to death. Right. Because as a single woman, you're not supposed to be pregnant. Right. So in this culture, if you're pregnant and you're single, you must have fornicated or committed adultery. Right. Right. You're a candidate for stoning. Right. So if you're pregnant and you're stoned, that aborts the baby. Okay. Here it is. Says this here. Um, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Th- this is the miracle. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, set apart. Mm-hmm. And he will be called Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren. But she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. So Mary is, Elizabeth is about 24 weeks. Mm-hmm. Pregnant with John the Baptist, Jesus's older cousin. Watch this. Okay. 24 weeks in utero says this here. Uh, For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Verse 39. A few days later. Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. Zechariah is um, Elizabeth's husband, John the Baptist's father. Okay. Mm-hmm. At the sound, I'm sorry, she entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. Mary greeted Elizabeth. Here it is. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed, Mary, God has blessed you above all women and your children and your child is blessed. Mm. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord, my Lord, a few days after the angel left, a few is only three or four. Right, right, right. Mary comes into the house. A baby who was 24 weeks in utero leaps at a baby who is three days in utero. So when we ask when does life start, it still starts before conception. But now we know for a fact that it's alive at the time of conception because of the word of God. 
I've been missing that for 16 years. But you're not going to find that in another gospel because Luke is a physician. Right. So God was very methodical about having him write this level of detail. Okay. All right. So it says this here. Um, When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said, knowing that she could die, knowing that she could be despised. Mm. So simply put, um, abortion, here it is, devalues and destroys life in the womb. That's what it does. And it breaks the heart of God. Mm. It is sin. And there's never an excuse for sin. But we thank God for this baby who was in Mary's womb. Yeah. Because he always provides. Yes. A second, third, fourth, fifth chance. Yeah. And, um. And, and I think part of what we really need to begin to encourage people with is that the church is here. I support you. We support you. There's a different route we can take with this. Yeah. Consider adoption. Consider that we can help people along the way. But even if they go through with it, we're still here. Right. But it does break the heart of God. Because there's still a purpose on that child's life. I was listening to an interview the other day of a particular governor. I won't name him, but he said he has a friend. And um, his mother contemplated abortion. The friend, um, she didn't abort him, but she left him on the side of the road to die. Right? And this governor was saying that his friend is a savant in technology. And a lot of things that we use in our everyday life, that friend of his has his fingerprint on, right? And so the governor said, who are we to determine whether God can or cannot use a child? And so we need to begin to lean into the possibilities of what God can do, because this is the fact. 96% of abortions are preferential. It's not a matter of money or support it's a matter of we want to have sex Mm. but we don't want the responsibility or the consequence of it most abortions boil down to that but there is grace and a fresh start before i keep going on to the good part of it as a woman yeah um is there anything you'd like to yeah so you know this uh topic is one that's very close to my heart um but before I just share, I know that since right for, you know, before I like the Lord knew us before the, the <laughs> seed hit the egg. Right? right. He knew pretty much who would come from, let's say, my womb. I'm just going to use myself as an example, yes. regardless of who would have been that seed. Like he knows what he's called this womb to bring upon the earth. And who am I to take that power out of his control? And so I've even had to get this detailed in my faith that as a woman, as a Christian woman, my body is not my own. This is all in scripture. It belongs to the Lord, right? The Holy Spirit, it says that he dwells within us and our bodies are actually a temple for the Holy Spirit to dwell. So about three years ago, I had to come to 
to, to that verse because I was on birth control. And the Holy Spirit, even in that moment, asked me, who's in control? You or me? Wow. Just because the world for so many years has said that this is okay, is it truly okay? Yeah. And so I had to even make the decision as a woman to get off and say, God, my body is not my own. Wow. It belongs to you. So I, I release all of control. And I will say that three years ago when I finally made that decision, I've been able to experience the presence of God in a way as a woman that I have never, you know, over the past 10 years. And on the topic of abortion, it's very close and dear to my heart. Yes. Um, Jay, can you come here for a moment, please? Come on up. And man. I'm going to really try not to cry, so. Yeah. But. Come on up, my man. Yeah. Had God not caused a car accident, this boy would not be here. So good. Because the day before that appointment at Planned Parenthood, I was involved in a car accident that rushed me to the hospital. And I was able to hear his heartbeat. Yeah. I was a single mom, obviously, by myself. Thanks, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and I was alone. I was desperate and I was fearful. I didn't know the Lord. But you know who I ran to? My mom, who backed me up and a church. Yeah, um, the house of God. And let me tell you, in those nine months, I needed the church. I needed worship. I needed faith. I needed everything. I didn't stick with God as closely as when after you know, okay. him being two years old and then really finding Jesus. But it was the church that helped me to know that there is a plan yes. and I can move past this. And whether I had said, okay, I'm going to give him up for adoption or keep him, I had given that control up to the Lord. Yeah. And now we have a 13-year-old who is a straight-A student yes. on a roll. Yes. You know? I love you. He's an honorable student, a great athlete. And not only that, but he has a father who loves him dearly. Not only his heavenly father, but God has given him an earthly father Amen. to come alongside him and say, hey, you're not going to just be another black kid without a dad in the yeah. home. We're going to make this yeah. possible. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Right? But had God not intervened, I truly believe it was a divine moment. This would not be here. I would not, I would not be here. Amen. I would not have met you. Yeah. My son obviously would not be here. Again, God knows what he's called this womb to bring upon the yes. earth. And he needs world changers yes. because it's yes. deficit right yes. now of that. Yeah. And so Jay knows we have conversations about this all the time and he knows he's going to be one of those spokespeople for his generation yeah. to let them know there's a better way. Look at my life. And so, um, thanks That's baby. So we thanks. love you. Love you. Um, love yeah. Get off my stage. <laughs> so this is a very hot topic because yes. it's, it's what we're dealing with now. Yes. Amen. But the Lord needs more people to be free from this mindset yes. that yeah. the enemy is suffocating our society with. Mm -hmm. And again, whether the woman makes a decision or not, we as a church love them, but we have to share, hey, there is another way. Let's help you in that. Yes. I've had to have both conversations mm -hmm. and they've made the decisions they've made, but it doesn't mean that as a church, we've stopped loving them. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that's what people need to know. It goes back 
to love and showing them Jesus, letting them know that there's someone who can support them. And for the women who have made the decision, there is grace. Mm -hmm. But again, once we've come into the knowledge of this revelation between Jesus and John the Baptist, we are now left without excuse, the Bible says. Because once you've been made aware of the truth, you now have the responsibility to do something with that truth. So you don't no longer just post because the world posts or say because the world says you hold to your faith and your beliefs and you share with others proclaiming that, hey, I love you regardless. But this is God's truth. And so So it's it's I'm glad we, you know, we're able to answer this question, especially in the season that Mm -hmm. the church is in and the world is in. Um, But just know that there is grace if you have. But now that you know the truth. Yeah. You know what to do with it. Let me give you some verses. So Moses ended the life of a man. Paul arrested and murdered Christians. They both had a supernatural encounter with God. And God used them to bring life to many people. Right? This is what Paul said about his conception and his time in his mother's womb. God having allowed him to be conceived, knowing that he would murder and persecute Christians, then changing his life. This is what Paul said about his his time in the womb. But even before, Galatians 1.15, but even before I was born, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. Yes. Right? Then it pleased him to reveal his son to me so that I would proclaim the good news about Jesus to the Gentiles, to us. Mm -hmm. He says this here, all they knew was that people were saying, the one who used to persecute us is now preaching the very faith he tried to destroy. Mm -hmm. There's grace. There's a turnaround. Okay. So good. Can we celebrate all of that? Yeah. You know, um, hopefully it helps. Hopefully it helps. All right. What's that next question? All right. So here we go. Um, Question number three, final. Break down the difference between the purpose of the local church and individual calling. What does this look like in our daily lives? Great question. Great question. Let me give you a verse and then I'll give you a few thoughts. Um, So individual calling in the local church. What is the purpose of this? How, How does it? All right. So verse here, Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 says this. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. So that's, that's a few of the purposes of the church, yes. right? Here it is. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encouraging one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So he's saying, let us not neglect your church. Let us not neglect Sundays or groups or worship or serving, but let us come together because he's coming back soon. Right? So a few thoughts about your individual calling and the purpose of the church is number one, the word church, let's define church. It means called out ones who gather in the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. So the purpose is clear in the definition. Um, Your individual calling and the church are not mutually exclusive. Right. It's good. They exist together. Correct. Because here it is. You as a believer are the church. Correct. My barber asked me, one of my barbers asked me um, this weekend. He, he asked, he said, um, what do you think about online church? I said, um, I can't find it in scripture. 
Hey, online family. Hey, online family. We love you. <laughs> love you. I think Paul and Jesus would have used technology. Absolutely. But the essence of church found in the definition of church is to gather. Community. Yes. Right? So Jesus was in church all the time. We want to follow in his footsteps. Right. Not what grandma say, not what mom says, not what dad says. Where was Jesus when church was open? He was in the house of God. Right. right? And so um, you are the church. So what does this mean? Um, friendships, support, impact, encouragement. It's all in the house of God. Yes. Um, you have gifts. The community of Christ needs your gifts. You need our gifts. Mm-hmm. And we're called to gather frequently. Right. Right. And so it's not my life, church over here, but it's my life and church together. And I want to end it with this. It says this here, Psalm 92. This is the promise. It says that good people will prosper like palm trees Mm -hmm. and they will grow strong like the cedars of Lebanon. Yes. Here it is. They will take root in your house, Lord God, and they will do well. They will be like trees that stay healthy and fruitful, even when they are old. They will say about you, the Lord is always does right. God is our mighty rock. So this is saying stay rooted in the house of God if you want it to go well with your life Mm -hmm. into the day God calls you home. It's so good. Don't just attend. Mm -mm. Get into a group. Start serving. Start to develop relationships yeah so that your life can be blessed yeah okay i just want to say that as a single mom mm-hmm. when i found the lord good. uh jay was about two years old two to three and he was rambunctious y'all he was like non-stop yeah. and when i gave my heart to the lord um i began this process of getting to know him and grow into this intimacy with him and i was also finishing nursing school so then when I graduated nursing school and I became a nurse, I still didn't hear that call from God of like, you're going to be a pastor one day. You know, yeah. you're going to use your gifts solely for the church. Um, it was do what I've called you to do yeah. where you are. So as a nurse, I would care for my patients and love for my, you know, love my patients and pray with them even, mm. you know, when they've asked. So I made sure I even worked for a, a, a believing hospital Mm -hmm. so I can do these things. But then within the church, I was there. I was leading groups. I was leading worship. My son and I would go every Sunday to the house Uh of God. We'd be there at 630 in the morning and we didn't leave till three o'clock because I knew that I belonged around my brothers and sisters who were going to remind me that it's okay, single mom. Guess what? You're going to get the strength today from me to keep going. That's great. And so I needed that faith family to continue to encourage me and remember like Jesus is coming back. So it may be hard today, but you have the grace and the strength for today. And if I would have done it on my own, again, I would not be sitting here where I am today. So in your individual calling, you are called to serve the body of Christ at max. And so whether you are a single mom and you have kids, you bring them along for the journey. Yeah. And so because of that, I was able to meet you (laughs) and begin to this blessed life, this Mm -hmm. flourishing life that Psalms 92 talks about. So we just pray that as you're continuing to navigate in your faith journey, that you put God's will before your own. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah.